It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. As many of us know, life doesn't always go according to our plan. And when that happens, we can be left scared, frustrated, and frazzled. Today's guest, Duff McDonald, has explored what he calls the precision paradox, the struggle between our desire for ease and our need to exert control. Duff joins us today to discuss how he let go of his attachment to precision so he could pursue the things that tickled him. Duff is a New York Times bestselling author who is a contributing editor at the New York Observer. He has written for Vanity Fair, Esquire, Fortune Time, and Newsweek, among other publications. Welcome, Duff. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joan. Glad to be here. So, Duff, you, like so many of us, used the time during the pandemic to examine life choices. During that time, what did you learn about yourself? You know, it's uh, in early quarantine when things got quiet, I suddenly found myself examining my life choices almost by accident, right? Because the distractions, my ability to distract myself had been minimized and suddenly it was just me sitting here with me uh, as well as my wife. And the main thing I found, I was about to start my fifth book, and it was uh, essentially going to be a critical look at what I call our quantified society, how we quantify everything. Our knee-jerk reaction is to quantify things. And uh, in, in the midst of starting that book, I suddenly realized that I had spent most of my career criticizing other people. And, and judging other people and saying, you people don't understand. I'm the one who understands. And I had a moment where a light bulb went on uh, and it's basically said to me, no, Duff, you're the one who doesn't understand. The point of, of this, of life itself, is not to go around telling other people what they're doing wrong. It's to figure out how to do it right. And when that hit me, it was like a frying pan in the face. I suddenly realized that I had spent most of my life uh, looking at external things and judging them instead of looking inside and figuring out how to do this the thing the right way. And, you know, I'm listening to you, Duff, and, and everything that you've just described, if you look around and, you know, you look at social media and you look at the different ways and places that we get information, that's all people do is say that, you know, I know everything. I'm the expert. And really what you described, boy, that is just such an important thing to realize and for all of us to understand. You know, it's funny because my previous uh, two books ago, I wrote a book called The Golden Passport. It was about Harvard Business School and the culture of MBAs. And it was 600 pages of me telling other people what they were doing wrong. I was sitting in judgment. And after that, a friend of mine, Christiane Lemieux, who is the founder of a, of a company called Dwell Studio. She's a designer. She asked me to write a book with her, and we wrote a book called Frictionless. And 
the ostensible goal was to uh, talk about what the future of business would be. And we got about six months into it, and we had a conversation where I said to her, I have no idea what the future of business is going to be. Do you? And we realized that we'd been going at it the wrong way, and we, we sort of turned the focus back to the present and said, who knows what the future is going to be, right? Why bother trying to predict it? What you should do is figure out how to stay frictionless in the present so that you can respond to whatever comes your way. And after that book, that book came out in 2020, and I had been starting on this new one, and I suddenly realized I was doing the same thing again. I was telling other people what to think. And all the quiet of quarantine start, allowed me to start examining my own life choices. And I realized that not only was I doing it wrong, but I was engaging in something called mirroring. I, I was accusing other people of doing that exact thing that I was doing. And I was about to write a book saying, all you people are too focused on numbers, using numbers to make my point. So I was basically looking in a mirror, talking to myself without even realizing it. And when that happened, it suddenly hit me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book about things that bring me joy. And the surprise to me was I'd written five books before that point, And in all of them, none of them were about what brought me joy. And I thought to myself, who told me that I wasn't allowed to do that? Who told me that I was supposed to go around criticizing people, right? No one did. I just sort of assumed somehow along the way that that's what I did. And when I wrote, when I, when I shifted gears and wrote about the things that made me happy, it was startling how much easier it was to write that kind of book, how much quicker it was to write that kind of book, and how much enthusiasm I could bring to the project. Now, standing back from it, I look at myself sometimes and say, how dumb can you be? It's obvious that you would have more fun writing about the things that are more fun for you. But as you say, I have a there's I don't I don't think this is just me. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time focusing on things that irritate us to the exclusion of things that make us happy. And by doing so, we create our own reality. We create this reality of irritation. And I suddenly figured out how to break free of a prison of my own making. It was stunning. So Duff, you, you just spoke about how when you shifted your attention to joy and, and things that made you happy, it was easier to write the book. But what have you seen happen in your life? What type of changes have occurred in the way that you deal with people and the way that you handle your professional life? Oh my God, it is the list is endless, right? So by focusing on things that make me happy, right, both personally and professionally, uh, I have basically uh, increased my patience by an infinite degree. I, I can admit now that I was never known for having a deep reservoir of patience. I have one now. My relationships have all, for the most part, deepened. My ability to focus on the task at hand, which is another way of just saying presence, has skyrocketed. I find that you know, at some point in the middle of last summer, I, would, I realized I was saying to my wife, oh, my God, I just read the best book I've ever read. And then I w read another one and said, oh, my God, this is the best book I've ever read. Suddenly I realized I was saying it consecutively over and over and over again. I was saying it about meals. You know, this is the best burger we've ever made. And I had a moment where I was like, what's happening to me? Are my standards going down? Right. Is, mm -hmm. is like, how can everything be the best? 
And then I was like, no, actually, what I'm doing is starting to enjoy everything to the maximum amount I can. And suddenly I was like, oh, no, the, the latest book is a, like if you read a good book, it is the best book you've ever read because it's the latest thing you've fed to your brain. Right. And the, the, la the latest meal, if you put care and thinking into it that you've made is obviously the best meal you've ever made because it's the latest gift you've given to yourself. And I realized, oh, my God, everything is great. And then I stepped back and said, how is that the case? And I realized that it was the most major shift of focus of all was the following, right? You exist. If, if you contemplate for a moment the alternative not existing, right, there's an infinite distance between those two, right? So the fact that we exist is a miracle, right? And then what we end up doing in our culture, me in particular, I plead completely guilty to it, is that we end up complaining about little facets of our existence and we lose sight of the miracle of that existence itself. And by shifting out and realizing that I could keep my focus and consciousness on the glory of existence, suddenly nothing bothered me anymore. Um, and I'm about 18 months into feeling like this and it is steady every day. Nothing phases me. It's the most wonderful period of my life I've ever been in. And Duff, I started doing this work 11 years ago after going through a lot of personal turmoil. And I realized then, I, I had seen a quote by Dr. Wayne Dyer that said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so my work has been around changing your attitude and changing your life. And everything that you just described to us is exactly what I have experienced and what I've been devoting my life to teaching others. Yeah, and you know, so my new book, which... Uh, was gonna be called The Precision Paradox, as you said. I'd actually sold that book to HarperCollins. I scrapped that and I wrote a book called Tickled, A Common Sense Guide to the Present Moment. And it is essentially my discovery of what you just said. You know, as someone who, who has made his way through most of his life and career uh, by virtue of intellect, right? By, by, by using my intellect to figure things out, I suddenly realized, oh, no, all, all that time I was dismissive of people who said, oh, you could just change your attitude and change everything. You know, 10 years ago, if you'd said that to me, I would have said, get out of here. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. That's absurd. Right. right? You yeah. cannot change the objective world. And like what happened to me last year is I suddenly realized that there is no such thing as objectivity. Everything comes filtered through the lens of your experience and your consciousness. So everything is within your control, everything. And stumbling on that, it's like, oh, wow. So life really is what you make it. And suddenly I realized that all these things that I thought were cliche or overcooked figures of speech, I suddenly realized, oh, my God, it's all literal. Love is everywhere. Love is all you need. All these things that I would have laughed at, I suddenly realized were people like you, people like Oprah, people like Deepak, all these other folks have been trying to tell the rest of us who haven't been, I wouldn't say we're not all listening. We can't hear the message, right? A lot of people just can't hear it. And suddenly I could hear it loud and clear. And it was, it was an awakening, pure and simple. 
You know, and I think Duff, it happens when you get to this point in your life, like you said, you took this examination of yourself. You said, this isn't the way I want to be living and thinking anymore. It no longer served you because I was the same type of person, very intellectual. I didn't think about thinking. I was just in the motion of life. And really it took for me to get knocked to my knees and say, I can't go on this way anymore. And I needed to change everything about my life. And you know, like you said, those old sayings about looking at the glass half full. When you live in gratitude and you live in joy, you don't want to hurt other people. You don't want to judge other people. You you said like, you know, we, we can go on with the cliches, but they really are truthful. Yeah. And you know, what's amazing is my wife is, is one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met. We actually got married. She's my second wife. We got married last year in August during uh, quarantine to try to send some joy out into the world. And one thing that she's shown me is that if you are tickled, right, if you're tickled with your own existence, you cannot help but tickle other people, right? So what you need to do is work on you. You don't need to solve other people. You don't need to tell them how they're supposed to think. You don't need to figure out what everyone else is doing wrong. What you need to do is solve yourself. And if you do that, then you will emanate an energy that dr- draws people to you. And I, I at, at risk of sounding, uh, you know, overcomplimenting myself, I'm a pretty funny guy. I always thought people liked to be around me because I was funny. And that mm-hmm. was true to an extent. But what I found in the last year and a half, especially with my wife, is people like being around me now because I'm happy, right? I'm s- still trying to crack those jokes. But the draw is not uh, something that's coming out of the intellect again. The draw is something that's coming out of the heart. And um, it is my relationship, you know, not only with the, the things and the, and the um, events around me, but the people, it's, it's, it's changed fundamentally. It is, as you say, it's, I'm finally engaging in this uh, uh, exchange of joy, right, as opposed to whatever else I thought I was transacting in before. And it turns out it's the only currency there really is of any value. And to suddenly realize that, you know, I turned 50 last year and to be to be, you know, call it halfway through life. I'm planning to live to 120, but the to to be halfway through and suddenly to have a light go on and go, oh, my God, I haven't been doing this right. Uh, There's no regret in it. It's just delight. It's like the rest of this is going to be so much more fun than the parts leading up to this revelation. It's amazing. And you know, when when you look at this pandemic, there were so many horrific things that came from it. But I think this is one of the blessings that we had time to sit with ourselves and find out what's really important in life. Absolutely. You know, I I say one thing in, in the book, Tickled. I was like, why do we do the stupid things we do individually? Why do you do your stupid things? Why do I do my stupid things? One of the reasons it's because that's the way we've been doing them. And in a, uh, in a society that sort of lives in a, in a state of uh, being in a rush, think we always have things to do tomorrow. We all sort of find it hard to, to stop and reevaluate all these things that are silly that we kind of know, right? If we actually examined them, we know they're sort of silly. And last year, just for even one brief moment, we all stopped. And the likelihood of you continuing to do all the silly things you used to do from a fresh start is much lower. 
So I, I, I make a suggestion in the book that there are all these different things last year that I started doing differently. And I think that probably applies to almost every single person who is alive on this planet, that we probably shed one, two, if not several of the things we knew we shouldn't be doing, but we just never had time to stop and examine and hit reset, right? It was like a hard reset for all of us. And it was, as you say, it was, a, it was a scary time for many. A lot of people have lost loved ones. But for those of us who remain, the, the, the quarantine and quiet and self-examination that COVID made possible may be one of the greatest blessings that humanity has ever experienced. What do you advise someone do to get started on this journey to find what tickles him or her? So I think there's a couple things that uh, would be useful for anyone. And the, the, the number one, by a, but, you know, w- with almost no comparison, is to try to start meditating. And, uh, y- you know, you can find a million resources on how to meditate online. Uh, and, but basically, it's to give yourself some quiet time every day. Five or ten minutes is all you need to start. Another thing is yoga, right? Hatha yoga, uh, which, is, which is kind of a moving meditation, and it's, it's basically helping you become aware of your body. And it's not difficult exercise. You can find any, any levels you want online, so many for free. And it's to get you in touch with how you're feeling physically. Humor, right? We should try to laugh more, right? We're, we're, as, as we said at the beginning of this conversation, everybody's telling everybody else what to do. We gotta try to let that go. I was, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. And, you know, one that Joey, my wife, taught me is love more. You know, she, I said, I said, I thought these things were cliches, but at, at this point in time, I think the universe is made of love, right? So anytime you're in a situation where something doesn't seem right, the, the reason that is so is because there is a deficiency of love. So wherever something isn't working, send some love at it. You will solve the problem, right? So love more. It is the answer to everything. We think by using our intellects that we can sort of sort things out and figure things out and science is going to tell us the answer to everything. That is not so, right? We know what the answer is and it's love. So, you know, love yourself first. As I said, it teaches you to tickle yourself and then that'll help you to just tickle other people. It's, it's contagious. You know, I had to make a comparison like that, but it's, it's viral. Tickles go viral. They're like giggling, right? And so the more focus you can put on loving yourself, the more valuable you're going to be to the people around you. The book is Tickled, a common sense guide to the present moment. If you'd like to get more information about Duff and his work, you can visit theduffproject.com. Duff, thank you so much for joining us today. What a wonderful message you shared. Thank you for having me and thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, 
C-Y-A, C-Y-L.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.